is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It's an off-season edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Geico from the star in Frisco and, of course, the SWBC Mortgage Studio. So glad you're with us. Kyle Yeomans, Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips. And, well, we've got a lot to talk about because <sighs> minicamp, the rookies took the field for the first time, not with a star on the side of their helmet because they didn't have stars yet and they won't until training camp. However, we saw a lot of rookies in action here at the star in Frisco, and we've got to hit a lot of those coming up. But first off, everybody have a good weekend. Everybody good? Yeah. Not as good as yours. Yes. Not as good as Carson. What are you talking about? That's a good point. Yeah, Jeez. I just came back on vacation. For those of you not knowing where I was on Twitter, probably they were like, "Where is this guy?" Thank goodness he is not tweeting. Yeah, anymore. I'm sure everyone. Everybody was asking. Cowboy Nation person. was wondering yeah, where was, Kyle was. They were saying, "Thank <laughs> goodness, we wow, don't have where's to read Kyle? His wow. tweets." Wow, what, what a difference Thank a year made, man. I mean, well, I just want to know where the TikTok video was. If there was ever know, a week to do yeah. it, it's on, you know, if you want to disclose where you were. I know. Well, I was in Miami. Okay. Mm. Uh, but no, yeah, no TikTok video. I think, well, we did actually make a TikTok video. I posted it on my Instagram. It was like the, the vacation mm. one where you like chug mm. a shot. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, oh, yeah. Y'all dabbed on the airplane. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. cut to South Beach. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah cool. that's what it was. That yeah, was that neat. was a TikTok video. It yeah. wasn't dancing like it was that's what I meant. a little while ago, but yeah. it was good. It was a lot of fun. Had a had a great week, but I am ready to get back to football. And I, I Cupcake I, I, City. I feel like the <laughs> I feel like the it's outsider. You you remember back in July, Heckma? Yes. Whenever you were upset for being left out of the party for training camp, you and Isaiah mm-hmm. both, yes, and yes, me, we were. me and Rob were yeah. the insiders, I guess. Yes. Now I feel I feel what you guys felt oh. because I wanted to see these rookies oh. in minicamp, and I, I did my research, I read up and everything, but of course, not seeing with with your own eyes is yeah. definitely tough. So. Explain it to me like I wasn't there. Okay. What were your general thoughts of training camp? Rob, we'll start with you. Just If you were to explain it to somebody who wasn't there, which you will be doing to me, what were your thoughts of what you saw from the rookies this past week? A tiny, tiny sample size. Yeah. Like If we're writing the Super book tiny. for the Cowboys 2021 season, we've written the on the page. Or really, the, the T in <laughs> the is what we've done. T-H. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It, very small, very small, but productive. And compared to last year, this is a lot. This is miles ahead where the rookies were last year. Just to at least put them in the building, show them where things are, show them how we practice, and, hey, they got on the field and did a little stuff. So it was good. Isaiah? Yeah, I I agree with Rob, man. Um, I mean, it's it's Ricky Minicap. So, I mean, for the most part, all you're doing is getting a look at your guys. These guys haven't done any real football work. Let's just be honest. I mean, most of these guys have been training for the combine for the last five months. So, um, you know, you, you got to, you gotta like like Rob said, you got a little bite size in terms of their athleticism, some of their attributes, but that's about all you got idea of. The nerves. <laughs> These guys had nerves. You know, and just – First time being in an NFL facility, you could you could see it on them. You know, I, I was nervous for them, um, but I mean, you know, that that first day gave way to an awesome second day of practice. I, I think just getting, you know, just the initiating and, and the initial jitters out uh, for these guys. And honestly, man, it just felt everything felt so normal. Mm-hmm. Again, on Friday. I mean, Friday we come in and a lot of the restrictions are re- relaxed. You don't have to wear a mask. You know, you don't have mm-hmm. to get your temperature check- taken and all of that. I mean, it was really fun. I mean, fun to be in the building, fun to get an opportunity to watch these young guys work. But again, I, I just felt like the nerves were just built up in them. You you mentioned that the nerves and, and just kind of how it felt fresh. What was the tempo like? Because I remember last year for training camp, it was much like this where you're itching for something. You're itching for to get on a field. You think about some of these guys, like a Micah Parsons and a Kelvin Joseph. They haven't a played a lot of football in the last year, 15 months almost. This is their first real action. Like you said, they've been training for combine. They're mm-hmm. doing these pro day things and, and, and whatnot. No, they're actually out there in pads and they're, they're at least helmets on and, and running there. But 
What was the tempo like, Heckma, compared to what you've seen in the past? Because that's my biggest thing, too, is because you're, you're bringing in a new system on defense. You're bringing in Dan Quinn, and he's going to have his paws all over this rookie class. Well, obviously, you have the individual drills, individual work, stuff like that. I mean, they broke camp, the uh, practice was very regimented from the start, you know, breaking down the individual groups. They didn't force them in, push them in too hard. You know, I think, you know, for the most part, the enthusiasm of the coaches was there. Bones Fossil was all over the field. <laughs> and he's like, you know, literally kid on Christmas morning. You could tell with his energy. Uh, but, yeah, it was just a breaking down um, from special team groups to individual groups. And, and again, just the pace moved really well. For a lot of these guys, and Isaiah spoke about this in – and even Barry Church talked about it because I was sitting mm-hmm. next to him on Friday. Was just the fact that you know guys like Quinn Bohanna, he was in a drills with his coach by himself. You know, so there was no one else to take a rep or get a break, yeah. or anything like that. So you knew he was him getting a little tired that first day was obviously going to be yeah. there because they were taking him through the gauntlet of things that they wanted from technique stands, things like that. So you know, but the tempo was was awesome. I mean, it got got a good uh, test on the conditioning of those guys too yeah true that and I think that was the point I was going to hit on was just this conditioning you know you have these guys I just already alluded to it this, they have not been in football shape they're not in football shape I would say 99% of these guys are running you know 40s and jumping <laughs> and lifting weights um, it's it, football is football right when you start getting out there and you're reacting to guys you're putting your foot in the ground you're changing directions you're doing special teams coverage drills you know you're doing all your position drills it, life gets really real yeah. um, so you know you talk about the nerves um, you didn't come back day two and these guys probably I, I would imagine their bodies probably felt like they had, had pads on the day one um, just because your body is not used to those type of movements. Uh, and you factor in some of the, you know, guys like Big Bo, you're like, he was by himself, right? Yeah. It's like it's like it's like that Christmas gift you get, you know, that you got, right? You talk about fossil, you got a brand new laptop. You know, I know Kyle got a brand new laptop for Christmas. He's gonna yep. be pushing every little button, trying mm-hmm. to see what does what. Yeah. And you're not really gonna dive all the way in <laughs> on any other features, but you just wanna see, you know, what is it really kind of capable of. And that's what the coaches are doing with these guys, right? They're saying, Hey, let me put him in cover one, let me put him in cover three, let me see what he looks like. Inside shade, outside shade, but you know, inside split. You know, they just they just wanna see what what's what's natural for these guys. Um so you know, it was like like Rob already said, it was just a little bit of a taste. Yeah, I mean, I would say 75, 80% of it was fundamental, too. Yes. I mean, you know, working on stuff that we've seen in training camp last year, uh, takeaway drills, yeah. ball protection drills, things that we've seen the coaching staff do in the past. And to Isaiah's point, think about Micah Parsons. Didn't play football at all last mm-hmm. year. He got asked the last time he hit a sled. They did, you know, the sled drills, and he said, I don't know, probably like before the Cotton Bowl, like a year and a half ago, whatever it was. Wow. So, I mean, they're trying to ease guys in. And it's it's interesting how the mini can different coaches do it differently, but how it's evolved over the last few years. I mean, it used to be when you were here, it was two a days yeah. out in the heat. Jeez. Doesn't matter where you came from, you could be coming from up north where you're not used to the heat. Oh, yeah. And, and you're out there, you know, really practicing. And Des threw up his first his first OT a his first mini camp. Yeah. It, was, it was full on practice. Yeah, right, it right in the middle of practice. Yeah. So, um, and when Garrett, as he wound up his tenure here, he really scaled it back to where it was just jog through style stuff for a couple days, and and we actually got to see some some eleven on eleven on Saturday, oh, which was, was awesome. a lot of fun. It was just the taste, but they kind of eased them into that. And the other part of it too is to try to get the installation, get them caught up on some of that stuff because the veterans are going to be in a, in on that too. Once you get to OTAs, you want to get the rookies as caught up as you can. And I feel like just looking at these couple of days of practice, like you said, even though it's just a taste, it's so valuable, so valuable for these guys because you, you're mentioning Quentin Bohana getting that one-on-one coaching. And, yeah. and by one-on-one, I mean Dan Quinn was in his grill for a good amount of practice. Yeah. I mean, if you're Quentin Bohana, you're not going to see that whenever OTAs and minicamp come around generally. I mean, and whenever training camp comes yeah. around, you're not going to see a lot of that. He got a lot of coaching that he really needed, and he's going to improve upon because he's had that one-on-one, uh, that one-on-one attention. Yeah. Absolutely, and there he is. And the other part of it is the meetings were still virtual. So they would get done with practice. They'd have to go back to the room, and you hop on the Zoom, and you, and you do the meetings there to go over things. Hmm. That's what makes the on-field so critical is that that virtual component is still there. So as much time as you can get on the field with them, take advantage of it. Man, can I just say that Quinn Bohanna is the size of human <laughs> that if he gets on an elevator with you, you say, "Oh wow!" You back up and look him up. I'll take the next one. Thank you. <laughs> you don't take the next one. You don't want. You don't want to make you don't it awkward and yeah, weird. Don't right? <laughs> you want to stay on the elevator, but you back up. Do you make you... eye contact? No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You, 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 <laughs> <laughs> hey, you look him up and down, and you go. 
Okay. You know, that is I'm a proportionally big human. Yeah. You know, he is. I was shocked. <laughs> I and mean, really, like, I mean, it's like Shaq. You know, if you see Shaq in a room, it's obviously he's 7'12", you know, and you say to yourself, it's like, oh, my God, look at the yeah. size of this man. Bohan in the same way. Is he 327? No. 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 What do you think? No, a lot of these weights are off, by the way. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, his playing weight was, what, 360, 357 during his time at Kentucky? He's probably, he's li- I think he's smaller than that. Yeah, but he so. didn't look out of shape, Kyle. No, he didn't. No, he no, looks good. No, he did not. But no, 327, good. That's he, a, not 327. That's a svelte 327. We'll, we'll say a, a very tentative 345. I think that's probably about right. 345, 350 from what we're seeing. That. But he looked really good. He yeah, did. He, he didn't did. look like he was out of shape. No. How did how did Michael Parsons look? Because you Ooh. said, I mean, off uh, off for about a year, it probably takes a little bit of time to get into rhythm. What did you see from the first round pick? You want me to answer this? Yeah, I want you to answer Oh, this. man. You made a noise whenever I ah! asked the question. So, <laughs> Playmaker. I mean, look, first day of practice, first day of minicamp, obviously everyone had the nerves. And you saw immediately a guy that's been out of practice, uh, out of football shape for a year, start to take his toll on him after about – 45 to an hour, you know, a little bit of little hands on the hips, yeah. a little bend in your knees a little bit. Caesar yeah. jumped on his back. Real quick, <laughs> right? But he came back the second day, had, and literally, man, you could see the burst. In yeah. me, in me sitting next to you, you, you said, man, wow, look at how quick he is. First yeah. step, lightning yeah. fast. Everything about him screams playmaker. And when you see him in team it's, it was like he was playing with his food. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't fair, right? The, it, offensive lineman trying to get to the second level on him. He's already gone. He's at the yeah. at the ball carrier. There are a few things that he does. I'm sure that George, uh, the defensive assistant George Edwards, will uh, yeah. clean up. Mm-hmm. But again, just all in all, man, I saw a playmaker and a reason to be excited about this pick. Yeah, no. I mean, first thing right off the bat, he he didn't look like he was 245 to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked like he was a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say any anything major, but just looking at his numbers here, he looked a little bit, little bit lighter. But to Heckman's point, as we were sitting there watching practice, you could tell when he was uncertain because he looked like kind of a, I don't want to say an average guy, um, but when he was decisive, you saw you saw everything that we've talked about leading up to the draft, yeah. right? You saw that burst, you saw the acceleration, um, you saw him cover ground, and I, I know <clears throat> Heckman just talked about how we were sitting there watching practice, and he there was one time where he shot the gap, and I was like, oh crap, like he. He got through there in quick, fast, in a hurry. So I know once he gets more familiarized with the system, um, once he gets these pads on, you know, gets around the other guy, starts getting a, you know a, a good a good sense of where he fits in in this scheme. I'm gonna be really excited to see this dude, you know, jump off the screen. We need to get him on the show because I think he likes movies. I can tell, and he'd be a great fit for this show because we yeah. we drop stupid movie quotes time. all the time. Let's do it. He said, you know, water boy, see ball, get yes. ball. He talked about being the Mike linebacker. It's kind of like being Rambo. You get to really move around, and make plays, and. <laughs> And, and and what he's he kind of described his role to a certain degree in terms of being in the box, and then on third down they're going to find ways to get him to the quarterback. And we saw some of that. We saw him rush off the edge. We mm-hmm. saw him get around Josh Ball off the edge. Yeah. And uh, he's got a real package of skills that that's why Jerry. We bumped into Jerry after the first practice, and he just talked for a few minutes. But he kept talking about pressure mm-hmm. with the linebackers and specifically with Parsons. Just that part of his skill set is something they can use and maybe. Make him compliment some of the other linebackers while we're talking about, hey, how are all these guys going to get to play together? Yeah, that was my next question is where did you see him fitting in? And I, I feel like the, the answer right now is everywhere. Everywhere. It's a good, yeah. it's a good part of everywhere, but where would where would you say he looked more comfortable? And, and I mean, once again, this is not going to be week one. We're seeing Micah Parsons pigeonholed here. That's not going to happen, <laughs> this rookie minicamp here. But where did you see he looked more comfortable, Isaiah? I see him fitting on, on on the outside. <clears throat> I know they're working him on at the middle linebacker during this. You this don't meeting. like him as much at the mic. I don't like him at the mic. I don't want to. I don't. I wouldn't want to put him in that box. I personally wouldn't want to put him in that box. I think he's probably um, the most athletic of the three guys that we're going to have as, as staples, right? Between Van Der Esch and um, and Jalen. Say I that's think, a pretty safe bet. Yeah. So I, I think I think you put <laughs> it's pretty safe. I'll put Van Der Esch in the middle, right? Just mm-hmm. as we're just talking again, we won't know until these guys get out there and start playing together and seeing who 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 responds and how they, how they mesh. But um, just looking on paper and looking at how he how he moved around this past weekend, I would put him at the wheel. Just, and just give him that freedom okay. um, to you know to come across on the backside. So, yeah, athletic, That's a great question, athletic, freaky. Um, 
And Dan Quinn has to be salivating, yeah. knowing how many different ways he can use mm-hmm. this guy. Uh, he can travel. Well, I mean, whether it be middle, will, edge. <clears throat> you saw him in practice. When he rushed off the edge, it was unfair. Yeah. I mean, he. by the time Josh Ball tried to turn to even kick back out of his stance, he was already gone. And, I mean, that's not to say much. Obviously, these yeah. guys were not in pads or anything <laughs> yeah, like that. But, again, it's... the initial burst, <clears throat> you see it from him. I'm interested, yeah, I'm really interested to see what they do. I mean, working him at the mic, but, you know, I think McCarthy referenced, you know, getting him comfortable just in the box with with the weak side, too. I'm curious with Van Der Esch, could they look at moving Van Der Esch to the will where – and maybe these positions are more interchangeable than I'm giving yeah, credit for. I think they yeah. definitely are. They are but yeah. maybe maybe if you move Layton to, to Will, maybe he's a little more covered up and he's not taking as much of a pounding as he's been um, and, and try to keep him healthier. So I, I don't know. But I, I, th- I think you guys are right. I mean, I think he can play a few different spots here. Yeah, you know? yeah when, when you even that argument about moving Layton to Will – Jabril Cox comes into that conversation, mm-hmm. and then the whole dynamic of this argument changes. We haven't talked about him. Yeah. <laughs> Jabril yeah. Cox. Yeah, I, I'm not going to get ahead. I know I can hear burning from over here to the <laughs> no, left, I'm so good. I'm going to stop. No, 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 that's good because we, we will talk about Cox coming up here in a little bit. But yeah. I, I don't disagree. I think you can look at these players as individuals and say, okay, they fit best in that spot. But then you look at the whole situation in that linebacker room right now as a whole. You're going to be really, you have to find the best fit together. Because yeah. right now, you tried to throw a bunch of individuals out there. You tried to throw Jalen Smith, you tried to throw Leighton Vander Esch, Sean Lee. That didn't work for you yeah. very well. So it depends on how it's going to mesh, man. It, it's got to mesh the right way. And if that takes putting Micah Parsons at the Mike linebacker and moving Leighton Vander Esch over to Will and then inter- interchanging Jabril Cox where he fits in, then maybe that is your best fit. Maybe there is a, a, a fit there. Now, Talking about the secondary, I heard a lot of good things about Israel Mukwamu moving to safety. And I think these are reps and days that really would have benefited Reggie Robinson in that move last year from cornerback as a fourth-round pick to safety later on in the season. I think these days would have helped out a lot. And the fact that I heard really good things about what Mukwamu brought to the table really excites me about maybe the potential of him coming out and at least getting playing time. I'm not saying he's going to be a starter by any means, but Rob, what did you see from what Mukwamu said, uh, looked like at safety after playing most of his career at corner? They had him back deep, some like you said, and I, I just like the idea of a corner playing moving to that spot because they just they need more of a ball hawk, a guy that that yeah. can has those ball skills to go make plays. And that's one reason why with Dan Quinn's blessing they signed Demonte Kazee because he's got that. He's he's a guy that's played corner, played safety. So I like that. He's got those super long arms like we've heard about in the draft. Mm-hmm. You can see. Um, He's intriguing. He's intriguing. And he was in position to make a pick on, on day two, heck. Yeah. Uh, I think it went to Cox. But he, he was in position. He was right there. Yeah. Um, I cannot emphasize enough how athletic and rangy this guy is. Wow. And one of the things that just just jumped off at me is just the his movement, his ability to cover ground. He tracks well. I mean, all of the things that you need in a safety. I said it's safety. He does it well, especially in a single high uh, set. But sitting next to Barry Church, I mean, it was it was really cool to get his input on a guy like that, just coming from the college ranks to pro moving positions and just how well he moved and his ability to just set his feet, step back, and break on balls. I mean, this guy has I – mean, he's someone right now, Izzy, you got a circle, underline, highlight. Mm. Interesting. Of everybody that we watched, he stood out the most to me. Wow. Yeah, and I, I think I think Heck can allude to that when I, when I mentioned that at practice the other day. He just kept showing up. Every, every time I looked up, and I was like, there he goes again. Yeah. There he goes again. And he just, and not only just because of his uh, his size and stature, obviously 6'4, 212. As, as, and what you say, he has the what? The go go what? That boy got the go go gadgets. He got the go go gadgets, man. So, you know, he got, he got those long arms. Uh, but, you know, more than anything, his feet. And the confidence that he has in his footwork it is so apparent when you put guys out there, especially when all the other guys are out there fresh and their nerves are crazy. You can really tell whose fundamentals are sound. You can really mm-hmm. tell when they're in that environment. And he was just as confident and as comfortable as anybody else out there. We talked about Parsons being a little, little, little jittery day one. You know, we talked about some of these, you know, we haven't got the Jabril Cox yet, but some of these other guys just a little bit nervous. I didn't see not one nerve nah. in, in Israel. I mean, his, his footwork was good. His hands were good coming out the drills. I mean, they were working those guys over there in one-on-one drills. And 
he was killing it, man. So he jumped off the page to me um, in, a, in a major way, and you know we haven't got to everybody else, but yeah. I, I, like, I like I like these DBs that we got. There's, a, I mean, and Kelvin Joseph, I'm sure played pretty oh, decent. Just real quick, but uh, yeah. I'm looking at the, the notes I had on Mukwamu. Cowboys labeling as a safety and a corner. Of course, mm-hmm. we've seen what they already wanted to do with him now. Didn't run due to that left hamstring. No issues there, right? Nope. No. So that's a huge plus. Uh, if he plays corner or safety, false steps are going to be rampant on film. Or they are rampant on film. So the fact that you're talking about confidence and you're talking about fluidity yeah. with his feet, yeah. that's positive direction. It may not be the be-all, end-all, and he's going to be the starter day one. Nah, Watch out. Uh, we're, we're a long ways away from no, that. But, but a developmental guy. That, Huge. Yeah, yeah with, with a lot of those physical traits. That's why he was graded higher than sixth round where they mm-hmm. got him. They had him significantly higher than that. That's awesome. And, and the fact that he's moving positions and he looks as fluid as he does, that's that's pretty impressive. We're going to talk about Kelvin Joseph coming up in our next segment. We've got some Twitter questions in our Mailbag Monday to hit coming up on the other side, and then we'll talk about the offensive side of the ball and the prospects on that side and how they looked in rookie minicamp when we return here on Talking Cowboys presented by GEICO. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more, Essilor. As always on Talking Cowboys with our resident Super Bowl champion, Isaiah. No Stand back today. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have it. This is the second week no in sh- a row. Well, there's no sun the outside. True. Well, there's a little bit of sun. You're right. It's Every been it's been gross. All you never heard the sun, the song. I wear my sunglasses at night. Ever? Yeah, no. I've, I've heard that. I'm not that cool. Oh. Okay, yeah, cool. I'm not that cool. I mean, I mean, I know you guys ESPN and stuff over there. So I mean, oh. <clears throat> so, I, mean, uh, I know they're pretty yeah, cool. I got, I got no glasses. Yeah, Robbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's Robbie. Fair. Yeah, Rob's got to get on that now. But I wear my sunglasses. You know this? Like, come on, man. Everybody ain't like you know. I mean, come on. It's not oh. an age difference here. <laughs> No, nothing, so right? I, can't, so head. I, I was going to give that one to you. Yeah. <laughs> it was playing in my head. I was like, don't you say it. Don't you say it. <laughs> so Mailbag Monday, as always, we, we've started this a couple weeks back on the off-season edition of Talking Cowboys. We've got our fans on the 50 and stuff in season. We've got Mailbag Monday in the off-season. And our first question comes from Brandon. And Isaiah kind of already said it in terms of the individuals, but which rookie showed out the most in practice? Bar none, who was the one that caught your eye the most? Rob, we'll start with you. Parsons. Parsons. Well, he, had, he had the whole Bobby Boucher thing going. See ball, <laughs> get ball. Super impressive in terms of – I mean, everything we, we heard about his explosiveness, and I know it's this tiny sample size, and let's see, but it, it was there on display. 
Heckman? Yeah, you know, I want to I want to go I have to say Parsons because he did, you know, do some very impressive things, but man, there's there's some other guys on here, man, that, that I got to give some credit and my man Nation Wright. Mhm. Nation Wright. Was, what did he do well? We didn't get to talk about him in the first segment. Well, I tell you, the first day of of rookie camp he was uh, the the ball in high grass <laughs> analogy. He, he was that uh, footwork was bad, and uh, it just again the nerves were probably getting to him. But man, once they switched it to team, that was where you saw him shine. Mm-hmm. And there are just certain things that he does innately with his size, hands, positioning, all of it. Man, he just looked really well. I mean, looked yeah. good in coverage <laughs> and. I just got to say, Cowboy fans, for everybody, you know, this is a family show. We all are here together, Cowboy Nation. But I want to ask y'all, Mm-mm. how do you like your words served? Do you like it medium, mm. medium rare? Because mm. it's going to be some people with ketchup on their words mm. for what they said about nature, mm. right? I'm telling mm. you, you're going to have to eat that, man, because <laughs> this guy. There is a lot of people that would end up with ketchup yes. on their words, right including on. myself. No, yeah, including no myself. Yes, I had him very, very, very low. And, I, and once he was drafted, I was very adamant about this and I said I like the player and I like the yeah. fit I don't like where they drafted him but if he turns out and he ends up being a baller yeah. then yes I will eat my words well, well I know I already mentioned that I liked Israel in terms of an individual in terms of just overall talent he looks really good to me um, but when it when it comes to the team two separate entities right when you come to the team that's when you see the competitiveness come out everybody didn't have pads on but like, like my guy Heck said we sat there and watched I know everybody knows Street Fighter but this dude Nashawn Wright is E-Honda because he had them hands favorite comparison he was putting these hands on them. Okay? E Honda straight hands Pause. to the chest. And I know we had an argument about this last week, week before, yeah. about, you know, um, right after the draft about how they were going to utilize him and how, you know, regardless of how some people felt, oh, they shouldn't have came up and drafted him. As I mentioned, how they plan on utilizing him in this defense, the fit that he needs, that, that they that they need he fits it perfectly because he's 6'4", he's coming up, he's competitive, he's physical, and he all he needs to do is get his hands on you for half a second, and the quarterback's off him. Mm-hmm. The quarterback's off that side, right? And if the, if the quarterback has four seconds to throw the ball, shame on us. Yep. Shame on the entire defense. Man, but, he is tall and But lanky. he is long, and he's competitive, and I'm telling you, man, he put his hands on everybody in the drills, and he put his hands on some of these rookie receivers. <laughs> oh. It is clamps. Clamps, fisticuffs, <laughs> clamps. I mean, it was it was bad. Yeah, no, he had he has all of it. I mean, and and again, going back to the you know draft uh, experts that said that look, he could have been someone that should have dropped a lot lower in the draft. He displayed as far as the system when they went man. I mean, he was nose to nose with yeah, guys and wanted it. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> Very physical at the line of scrimmage. Even when they went zone, his ability to sit on routes, turn. I mean, hip work. Second day looked a lot better. You see, should see him in some individual drills. You'll say, "Whoa, whoa, that doesn't look too good." Mm-hmm. I even said the same thing. I was like, "Oh man, Nation, you under pressure, brother." Uh, but when it came to team, you just saw it. You, you know, he he. It's like the the light came on. He's yeah. got. He's got a bit of a magnifying glass on him because of where he was taken. And that'll continue into training camp. Well, and Twitter stuff, too. That, too. The things that popped up on Twitter that night when he, you know, he said, uh, I think he said, I'm a more athletic version of Richard Sherman. Oh. And it got Richard Sherman's attention. Oh. With a gif that night. And so. That's good. No, I mean, it's fine. And then he came out and he actually sent a DM to Rich and apologized. So that's all underneath. and, Hmm. And, but yeah, maybe that's part of it. You know, because he did say that, and I, I, I like the confidence of this class. I mean, I mean come I, on! I think if you don't have confidence, what do you got? At that position, come on now, you got to. But, yeah. but again, what they're asking him to do, he's perfect for it. And everybody who had who has something to say about them coming up to get him, you guys don't understand football. And I think that's what he meant I, too. Was I don't that think I, that's necessarily the case. Well, I would I'm like saying, to I'm disagree saying, pretty well, wholeheartedly. Well, there. I will, I will combat your disagreement because okay. a six-four. Defensive back, a six-four cornerback coming up in this system with Dan Quinn, knowing Dan Quinn's history and playing man-to-man coverage, knowing Dan Quinn's history of his front seven getting home and alleviating his cornerbacks from having to play defense for that long, he fits perfectly. Now you don't need a shutdown corner in Dan Quinn's system. Would you take one? Absolutely. Sure. But do you need one? No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. Okay. I think that makes a ton of sense, and I completely agree. But you saying that like. 
if they went up and drafted him and they had their value so high on a player there that you don't know football, I think it's the opposite. I guess I'm not, I, because I guess, it's more about the draft. Yeah. It's more about the draft and where you can get guys because uh-huh. the fit uh, the fit no, there. No, uh, well, listen here for yeah. a second. The fit there is is Did he right. Just hit us with a listen here. Yes, because you keep interrupting me, Heckma. So whenever you have that value there uh-huh. on your board and you draft your board the right way, that's a good thing. And they did that. Okay. So I don't disagree with them taking Nation right because he fit the scheme, he fit their value. Okay. The only thing is that their value of Nation right was up here where the value of every other team on Nation right was down. We didn't know. But that's exactly. But that's exactly to my point, though. What does he mean to you? It doesn't matter what he means to anybody else. I'm just it, it, because because uh, if you pick Tom Brady out of college, guess what? Tom Brady's not that valuable to me. Michael Vick's more valuable to me because the type of offense I plan on running. True, right? So it doesn't matter how, what their capabilities are. It matters what their capabilities are in your system. Well, you're you're saying that they could have just waited because nobody else was going to pick him till the wait sixth round. You don't know that. You I agree. You don't know that other teams had him rated as a yeah. priority. Which is probably the reason they took him where they did, because yeah. they probably they're, had something in their ear saying, okay, yeah. he may not be there the next time we come around. Or their board says, we have a third round grade on him. We don't care. We don't care. We don't care. Stick to yeah. your board. But that's what I'm I'm, I'm not combating the the overarching pick of Nashawn Wright. Yeah. I'm combating what where? you said, saying you don't know football. Well, if saying, you argue I, I guess, where I guess, that pick I guess was my made. argument to that, and I, I, let me retract that you don't know football statement. <laughs> but but let me let me let me add that on hit to a that. nerve, bro. That did hit a nerve. When I when I say when I made that statement, I was insinuating that you don't that most people who believe that he was taken too high don't understand how defenses or just systems in general, right? The three phases of this game are Correct. formulated. So as I talk about Dan Quinn. Listen up, you're, you know, Rob, out of everybody up here, I'm drafting Rob P. Why am I drafting Rob P out of everybody up here? Because guess what? I don't need, I don't need a safety, you know, like, you know, like, like, you know, like my guy Kyle. I don't need, I don't need a linebacker like my guy Heck. I need, I need Rob P. Because Rob P's tall. I'm he's six got four, long, he's six long arms. He got long yeah. arms. And guess what? Terrible I, change of direction. All I need him to do, I don't need him necessarily cover the whole time. You know why? Because he's going to have help over the top. What I need him to do is get his hands on this guy for the next, for the next half second, one second, just long enough to stay there. And if the quarterback does decide to get Throw the ball up there. Guess what? He's so long. He's in. He's in a wingspan's coverage away from this guy. The quarterback would be doggone if he throws the ball up to yeah. somebody who's six four because he can. He has great ball I'd skills. A, I'd get a great jam on them before I break. I already know you would, right? <laughs> but then I'd break my I ankle. Know you but would. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, so, so I'm sorry if, if I frustrate enough there, but but people need to understand. It's people are valuable as, as as valuable as you're willing to spend on it, sure. right? So if I if I'm selling you my dog on phone right now, heck, guess what? You're not a Samsung guy. You're an iPhone guy. So this doesn't it's not that mm-hmm. valuable to you, right? But if I find a Samsung family member, guess what? They're gonna want this over your product. So it's all about what you are to me, right? What you are to me. And it doesn't matter about this whole rating. Right. Go get your guy if you want to get all, him. It's all subjective Absolutely. when you talk about drafting players, and that's why these guys get paid the big bucks to go out and find guys mm-hmm. that's going to fit the system. Yeah. And Nation Wright fits perfectly. Perfect. He is a glitchy corner, meaning he will take and he's aggressive and mm-hmm. he will take, take an risk, opportunity right. to undercut. He understands where help side is. He he's aware, right, of all of those things. You've seen tape on him in college mm-hmm. and obviously with all of these guys, there's there's the highlights and the lowlights. And if I go to his lowlights and maybe he has something to learn from yeah. all of that. <laughs> there's a lot. Right, yeah. there's a lot. But but when you talk about his highlights, what does he do well? He will jam you to the Gatorade buckets at the line mm-hmm. of the scrimmage if he gets his on his hands on you. So he fits perfectly to what and, we do, and, and I'm same, excited about it. And the same thing with, the, with with our smaller guy, right, Kelvin? Joseph. Yeah. Joseph, aggressive, right? He's, he's not physical. he's not as long, but guess what? You got him because you want him to cover. You know, if you want, when you get your best, the best receiver that steps on the field, you want him to stick him. Yeah. Right. That's why you got him because he's he's a smaller guy. He's a more a lot more reactive, a lot quicker, and he's going to be right there, kind of sticky in your hip pocket type of guy. That's not that's not what Nashawn is. Nashawn mm-hmm. is get my hands on you. If you throw the ball up, I'm gonna make you pay for it. And he's different than all the other right wide, uh, corners and and guys in the secondary that yeah. you have, anyways. It's a change of pace, and a lot of people really quickly here, Rob, but going back to what your point was Mm -hmm. a little bit earlier of of people upset about that pick and how it doesn't fit and blah, blah, blah. A lot of people, at least around this organization, they haven't had 
five top 100 picks, or at least four, I guess, or, or what was it? You know, it ended it up five. being five, yeah. yeah. So usually you have that first round, second round, third round, and in the third round you're picking a talented player that you know is going to be a baller. You're not going to pick a prospect. But he was the fifth selection of this draft class, yeah. so you have more leeway of picking a guy like Nashawn Wright, who you feel that highly on, and even though you may think it's a little bit of a risk, yeah. take that pick at 99 because he's a top 100 I, player I feel at that like, point. I feel like a lot of people, not just in Cowboys world, in every other world out there, right, every team, are more concerned with just getting talent. Mm-hmm. Remember, they're more concerned with getting talent than getting the right person for the scheme. A lot of and people then, are very and, and scarred by that and that flipped yeah. thought process here, though. Yeah. Like they're worried that they don't have the talent and that they draft. And I only disagree. For and that's what I'm saying. That's when you go out there and you get yourself a defensive coordinator like Dan Quinn. You could throw a lot of that stuff out the window mm-hmm. because having a, a roster that's just fully talented that doesn't mean nothing. We're not in a game of football. We're not talking about basketball. We're not talking right. about basketball where one or one or two people could take over the whole game. Nets. We're talking about people who fit <laughs> systems, right? Chemistry be Seriously. Just, I mean, yeah. We're talking about something that requires you playing hip to hip with your with your boy next to you. And guess what? If he doesn't do you do his job and he doesn't do it to the to the highest level, the whole team doesn't be they're not successful. And there are a lot of guys in Canton that fell into the right scheme. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> that play Absolutely. exactly to what yeah. they do physically and mentally well as players. They couldn't have been more lucky to be in the systems that they were in and I just feel like and just going to Joseph one of the things I loved about watching him is just his recovery speed I think, you know, a lot of cornerbacks, again, when you talked yeah. about Nation Wright, he doesn't have that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you get by him, he, you know, even though he's a long strider, yeah. uh, still the speed isn't there the yep. same as it is with Joseph. Which is why Joseph. he has to be so, so powerful up front. Absolutely. <laughs> and Joseph just has the – he can play those mind games yeah. that corners play where you think he's not there and he's the ball is in the air, he's right there. Yeah, he's a pest. You mentioned his uh, – Mukamu's uh, feet. That's yeah. what I noticed with Joseph. Yeah. He just, he's very yeah. fluid in terms of in those agility drills. That's the thing. I was I was really watching right in those drills to see how fluid he was, change, change of direction, yeah. and all that. Because look, there there's a reason why there aren't many six four corners in the league because it's it's a hard it's position to play yeah. Yeah. at that height, you know. And and hey, Chris Richard was here with in the past with a similar philosophy, bring in taller corners. Chris Chris Westry, they tried that, and so it doesn't always work uh, just because you're that size. But I just did. We did notice that he is. Is more fluid than you might think at that size, and and you, you mentioned the the ability to press and be physical. He does have some traits that you think maybe we can work with this, and maybe mm-hmm. he can develop into a solid corner. Man, if Dan Quinn and this defense don't look better this year, there's going to be a lot of issues. That's, I mean, this is your last. They will ditch be effort. better than twenty eighth. God, I hope so. <laughs> I, I mean, Please, Lord. we could go out there and maybe be better than twenty eighth. <laughs> Put Heckman at the nose tackle. Have Isaiah and I as safety. Yeah, we can figure it out. Um, offense. Huh? Yeah. Mm. Let's let's turn let's turn our attention a little bit to the offense. We're going to talk about the offense in the next segment. But the final question uh, of Mailbag Monday: Offense and defensive lines. How do you guys think think they shaped up when you got to watch them on the field, Rob? Well, they were from where I stood outside. They were at the far end, mm-hmm. so I didn't get a great look at them until team drills. Um, but I'm, I'm interested in certain guys for sure. Yeah, we talked about Bohanna, and he looks the part. And I think I think he's got a chance to because of his unique skill set earn a job here and maybe get some snaps. Wow. Now, can he be? The issue with him is can he be a three down player? Does he provide enough pass rush ability to to give you that? Mm-hmm. Or do they not care and just say, hey, for our scheme, we need a guy in first and second down to come in and stop the run? Uh, so maybe he's got a chance to do that. Um, Farniak, their late round, seventh round pick, very interested to see what they do with him because he's played everywhere on offensive line tackle, guard, and center. And he was taking some snaps at center. Uh, over the weekend. So that's, as a late-round guy in terms of value, Will McClay says you got to be able to do at least two things. He does three, four things. So he's an interesting guy to watch as well. Where did where did he take the majority of his snaps? Center. Center. Wow. I think that's their their plan for him, at least for now. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Diggy Zua. Also, Digizua to me, he, you look at his measurables and you you think, man, he he looks a lot bigger than, you know, than what they say he is. Six was six one, six two, two seventy, two eighty, something like that. Two eighty two. Yeah, two eighty two. But very explosive. One of the things that I was able to recognize from him is just his explosiveness. And when he was working individually with Dan Quinn, able to mirror mirror what he was being taught. I mean, and it was a lot of just teaching the the mechanics of getting in your stance 
coming out of your stance, you know, what you do, hand motion, hand in fighting, things like that. And when going back and forth with Quinn, I thought that was really intriguing just the way that Quinn was so hands-on with him and his teaching techniques. And you can't help but his his enthusiasm is just contagious, and you could tell that those defensive linemen were just taking it all in because, like you said, once two a days and the veterans come in, they won't get that one-on-one. Mm, yeah. But when you get that now, especially in the minicamp situation like they had, man, it was just really cool to see his interaction. I asked Quinn at the draft, are you going to be hands-on? Because I, that's one thing, honestly, with Mike Nolan, you didn't really see. And, and and what you hear about Dan Quinn is he is a teacher. Yes. And he said, yes, I will be, and I'll be damned if he didn't take a couple reps at nose tackle <laughs> in practice right. after Bohanna kind of tweaked his shoulder for a second there and got back in. There's good good footage of Dan Quinn working with Odigizua there. Now, Odigizua makes me scared for my guy Bradley and I and his job because last year they took the late round, later round draft pick and they had shorter arms at the edge Oof. spot. And a little bit slower, and then Diggy Zua just has these massive arms, eighty-four inch wingspan, and then he also has this, like you said, the explosiveness. I mean, his shuttle, his broad jump were both higher in the class than anybody. I mean, Chauncey Golston is a guy right there too. He is the long. I mean, his. Arms. (laughs) Arms. <laughs> it's like yeah. he's scratching his ankle standing up. He's that guy, he's got some long arms and he's just a big guy. They had him lined up like at a wide nine. And just his how easy he was in and out of his yeah. stands. You could tell, man, guys like Bradley and not, a lot of those draft picks from last year, the pressure is going to be on them oh, yeah. immediately. Yeah, the competition is going to be there. I, I'm excited to see Goldston in person, too, because I liked him Ooh. on tape a lot, and, and he was one of those guys, and I mentioned this earlier, but he stuck out while I was watching other Iowa players. Mm-hmm. And usually that you're like, okay, what is this guy doing? What is he doing? So I'm excited to see him in person. I'm jealous you guys got to, but also the offense. I'm jealous of you. Oh, that's you fair. On the beach for a week. That's man. fair. <laughs> I can see that. Jet There's jealousy ski. both ways. I love what back I do with for a, a living. Yeah, look at that. Mm. I got a little tan. Yeah, yeah. you want to see if we can get the watch You're this. A little tangerine. Get this on the on the camera right here. Mm. Uh, nope. Maybe there we go. Bam! Look at that. Wow. That's wow. Is that what you were? What? Good lord. Jeez, yeah. That's nuts. Wow, yeah. man. Get yeah, outside a little bit. I was very light. Quarantine. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, gosh, it was terrible. All right, we're going to take our second break. When we come back, we're talking about the offense. What did the offense rookies show during minicamp when we return on Talking Cowboys? Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. When there's work to be done, a real workhorse can make all the difference. Like the Range Boss Package. Our 5075E John Deere 75 horsepower tractor features a bell spear and loader and starts at $369 per month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. It works like a horse, so you don't have to. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now, let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So, to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. I'm sorry, Heckma. What? Your wife has a different assignment for me this week. What? 
What? Dallas Cowboys football and Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders dance youth camps are back this summer for athletes and dancers of all skill levels. Two and three day camps are available at AT&T Stadium and the Star in Frisco. Spots are limited. Register today at DallasCowboys.com slash academy. You know, just you know, go ahead and tell us. And it's like a symphony yeah. in my head, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we need. I was going to say, you can't even argue with that. No. You see how he threw that out? I, did, yeah. did you see the discouragement on Hank's face? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, well, Hank wanted to like, <laughs> oh, it was funny in the email she like made it very specific she was like make sure you read this one because I know what you guys talk there about every day it was oh, perfect good. Oh, oh, good, good job though that was a good one I I've ever seen Heckman yeah. just go mute like the heck he did. Yeah. Just the look of just deflation. Hey, man, that's that's 17 years of marriage. That's there you go. Yeah. Nikki's the best. Shout out to Nikki. I know she's probably upstairs. Yes, All Nick. right. What about the offense, gentlemen? Because mm. there's a lot to talk about in terms of pressure for the offensive players. Because defense, it's a different type of pressure. <laughs> offense, you're trying to make the team. Defense, you have to contribute immediately. So it's a different type of pressure. Who stood out among the rookies, good or bad? Isaiah, we're going to start with you, my friend. You know, I'm really excited about these offensive linemen. Uh, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> There's so a reason why he's, ju- he's he's Okay, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. So Do it's it. early. It's early. It's very early. Ricky made it. Cap nerves, right? Guys have been training for the combine. Guys aren't really in football it's shape. Just... Um, there is a receiver that we drafted. Who? Your guy. There's only one guy. I'm sorry, what was that? Kyle's that was his guy. guy. Was not oh, my guy. It, I was not super high. Uh, Noah Brown. CBZ, Noah Brown the, better sleep light. CBZ, please run the film Okay, back. I wasn't, um, I'm not high on Noah Brown either. Okay. Wow, either I, way. I like Noah Brown. Anyways. He's uh, our fifth receiver. Fuoco, um out of Stanford. Um, large gentleman. 6'4", 222 pounds is what it says on the paper. Very large. Um, I don't believe that he came in at 222 pounds. Think he's heavier? I think he came in heavier than 222 pounds. Mm. Um, if he's not heavier than 20, 222 pounds, he he ran like he was heavier. Um, yeah. Again, all I, can, all I can say right now is what I saw. Right? Um, he did not look very fluent to me. Wow. Um, he did not appear to be a fifth, a guy competing for a fourth or fifth uh, string uh you know, fourth or fifth on the depth chart at the receiver, receiver. position. Um, in order to in order to be competing at that spot, you have to be able to do special teams. And I was explaining to Heck when I was watching practice. You know, those special teams uh, periods really expose guys' ability to burst, sink your hips, get in and out of your breaks, adjust to you know, change directions. And I didn't see that mobility out of Simi. Now he has a lot of weeks to get ready for camp. And maybe he comes back and shows something different. Maybe he's a different player with pads on as well. But just from what I saw this weekend, I was not uh, very impressed. Um, there was another gentleman that they brought in to compete with him, uh, Brennan Eagles. Yeah. Oh, the Texas guy. I liked him. Really? When, when I compared both of those guys together, those guys are pretty much the same height, same size, same same weight. Brennan had much better feet. Um, wow. I think Simi's faster. Just top line speed, straight ahead speed. I I, I do agree with that. But Brennan, <clears throat> in and out of his breaks, was a lot more fluent and natural. Um, and also in special teams drills, he was a lot more natural and seemingly wanted to be in those drills. Versus Simi, I didn't get that vibe. Where did TJ Vasher, the Texas Tech wide receiver, fit into that conversation? Another big body guy yeah. too. They're all big. I yeah. mean, you could tell they're targeting a specific type of player, and yeah. it's a big. Stout receiver in Fajoko, Eagles, Fasher all fit that category. And it's going to be an extra competition between them three and then also Noah Brown. That's why we talked about Noah Brown was yeah. because that's the guy they're trying to replace there. But where do you where do you see Heckman out of those three guys, Fajoko, Vasher, and Eagles? Did you have the same kind of observation that Isaiah did? Uh, yeah, I did. And, um, you know, Eagles from Texas just was – his movements, more athletic. Yeah, you yes. know, his athleticism was there. You talk about the special teams, just breaking down, yep. uh, readjusting, opening your hips, things yep. like that. It just seems like he had a better grasp on those things. Talk about T.J. Vassar, big, 6'6". Six, six. Six, six. You know, uh, but again, even for his size and the way that he was coming in and out of routes, didn't look like he was stiff or, you know, that big uh, at all. Um, a, a guy that I had – 
you know, stars next to his name is Brandon Smith. He's 6'1", 218 pounds from Iowa. Mm -hmm. He's a guy they really liked. Oh, yeah. I mean, but but looked really good. Yeah. He's smaller, though, right? Yeah, smaller guy. Yeah, smaller guy, but still. (laughs) Smaller. Yeah, smaller. Yeah, he's small. (laughs) 218, but, you know, ran, you know, athleticism, speed, all of that stuff was there. But going back to Fajoko, I I just think that, you know, position-wise, you're looking at him as an H-back tight end style of a guy don't know anything about him from a blocking standpoint. I kept looking at my paper saying that, you know, he's a deep threat at Stanford. (laughs) You know, maybe the Pac-12 that you played in was Pac-10. Pac-10, excuse me. It's it's not 12? It's a little different. Okay, my bad. It's Pac-12 now, but it was Pac-10 when he was Oh, so they added two more. Okay, my bad. But either way, it was a lot different back when you (laughs) played. (laughs) Different name. (laughs) (laughs) The deep threats are a a little bit off, man. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, he's not like a burner down the field, but he I think he did average like 15 yards a catch for yeah, them. And people, when you talk to people about him, he was clutch, too, for them. Like when they, big games and when they needed big plays, he just kind of has that it factor like he would go make a play for yeah. them. Now, I'm going to defer to the wide receiver of this show, Isaiah, because Isaiah knows exactly what he's talking about. But I will say about him, He's an older prospect. I think he's 24. He had a religious mission that Mm -hmm. he he took, and then he finished up at Stanford. But he only played like 22 games at Stanford. So he he hasn't hasn't played a whole lot of college. And I actually asked him, because of what we talked about during press, I said, you know, what do you need to work on? And he said, I was a deep threat guy in college, but I need to round out my game, getting in and out of my breaks. He mentioned that. He talked about being, he's, he's basically raw. So I think they view him as a guy that's, you know, I I don't know if he's going to compete to be in the rotation year one, but they see that potential. If he can make the team as a special teams guy, that's and that's the know, that's thing, where he has and, to make that's, it. and that's where the conversation yeah. kind of led when Heckman and I were sitting there because we understand that he's raw, he's young, I mean, he's young in terms of actual experience. Um, he has a lot to work on because when they went to team, it was exposed. Now, yeah, when they went to yeah. team, it was it was really exposed. When Nation Wright came and lined up, and Heckman and I both sat up. We said, "Okay, here we go." Yeah, you know, six four versus six four. Let's go! And all you heard was, and that was all <laughs> he hand, he, hands on the chest. <laughs> and, and and he did it one time, and he didn't get off the ball. And then they came back the next time, and they lined up again. And then you could tell he was like, "I'm I'm I'm big, I'm strong. All I know how to do is go forward." And it reminded me of myself when I first got here. I didn't even know a doggone thing about receiver, yeah. right? I didn't know how to get off the ball. I didn't know how to you know get somebody's hands off me. So all I would try to resort to. You know, revert to was just pure brute strength, strength, and yeah. that didn't work either because Nation just threw him into the ground, and the quarterback threw the ball, and guess what? It's the next down. So he again, it's early. Um, he has a, a lot of time to get ready. He, I'm sure he'll learn from the vets. He'll learn from the coaches. I'm sure the film will be, you know, highly, highly reviewed. Um, but he has a long way to go to to fill that void of what they're trying to replace. You know, use to replace Noah Brown. I don't. I don't. As of right now, which is again a long ways away, Noah Brown's. Leaps and bounds Above ahead of where he's at. Yeah. They played each other in college, right? Yeah. Well, I was about to say that. That's kind of surprising for me to hear because some of the tape that we looked at with Nation Wright was him getting burnt by Semi Fajoko yeah. in the Highlights. Oregon State Tam- Stanford game. Highlights and lowlights. And it's you know true. what? Yeah. You know what? He must have really – Nation took that personal because when they lined up, he's like, Come on, man. Come on, man. Cats don't forget. Especially for DBs, don't forget. They don't care pads on or not. They don't care. It's the opportunity to embarrass you. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, hey, maybe he turns it around. Uh, but just again, this is just our first eyes on him, and uh, I was that I wasn't impressed there. I'm trying to find the stats on what happened that game specifically because I never looked at the stats. I was just looking at the film. Um, what about the quarterbacks that we got to see a little bit of? I mean, there were two guys there with JT Barrett, of course, out of Ohio State, and then Brady Davis. Any possibility there? We'll, we'll defer to the quarterback slash receiver <laughs> of the, the Pac-10, fastest man in the uh, Pac-10. Yeah. So respectfully, respectfully, let me put that out there. Uh, Brady Davis, no, no, no chance. Okay. Um, JT Barrett had the swag, and I'm, he had a lot of swag. And um, you can tell he's athletic, but he has a very low release, a very low release, um, he, meaning that he, he, drop, he drops his yeah. – he drops. well, Brady Davis has like a Byron Leftwich type release. I mean, it's long, windy, and, but he doesn't have the velocity that comes out like Byron Leftwich. So mm-hmm. he sailed a lot of balls, even just in individual drills. He, he didn't look confident. Uh, when he had a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, intricate footwork, he didn't look confident in that either. So I'll put Brady Davis to the side. Um, 
JD, JT Barrett, obviously a lot more athletic. Um, but again, I, I'm not sure based upon what I saw about his accuracy. Um, and, you know, he has a swag, he has athleticism, and he has every reason to be feeling good because he can run away and run himself out of situations. But um, he has to really work on that release. And we saw it. We saw in, in individual drills, you know, he was selling stuff where there was no DBs, you know, just because his elbows dropped and you could see him. I was telling I was telling Heckman about it. He has to get his release up. And then what did you see him doing? He was out there working, trying, trying, to, trying to work on getting his arm. It wasn't like, natural at all. That's stuff that you that you got to work on before uh-uh. you show up for camp, man. By, by the way, Simi, six receptions, 100 yards versus Nashawn Wright in that go. Stanford hey, Oregon State game. So. Mm. Yeah, maybe know. he's just a gamer. Gamers, man. Does maybe. that go into uh, – sorry, Rob, go for it. No, I, no, I was agreeing with you guys. Oh, maybe, I was going to say – I was going to ask you, does that go into camps like this? And it may not because it's the pros. It's You either figure it out in practice or you don't. But do you take stock if you go back and you're, you go and talk to the Stanford coaching staff and you say, is Simi a, just a pure gamer or is he not a good practice guy? Because we've had guys here that are not good practice True guys. True yeah. Does that factor in at all of where they value p- specific players, especially some of these project guys? Or I is it not. more of just – Show up and ball out. I hope. I hope that they don't take into consideration. I mean, you got to. You got to <laughs> practice. I mean, you practice a lot more than you play. Yeah, that's true. that's anybody. You practice unless you're Randy Moss at the end of your career. You practice a lot more than than you play. So you got to be able to come out and show what you're capable of doing. Um, and unless you're just that guy that's getting paid that much money, you don't have to show anything in practice. But everybody else, you got to show it. And when you're fighting for a number four, number five receiver position, you better show mm-hmm. it, and you better show it on special teams. And you know you have to show that urgency. Um, as well, you got to want to be on special teams. You can't let your, you know, Coach Fossil be out there running around more hype than you are. You got to be that dude. When you know that you're scraping the barrel trying to get that last spot, you there. better be doggone hype now. Right. You know, when you're doing those cover drills, whether you have pads on or not, you better be hype. Like that used to be some of the most exciting parts of practice for me because I knew that's how I was making the doggone team is was going to be on special teams. So guess what? I needed to be click tight. With the special teams coach, I needed him to see me. I knew whether we're watching pads or no pads, I need to jump off the film. And some of these guys, you saw it. Some of these guys, you didn't. You could tell by their approach that some guys understood that versus some guys didn't. So maybe it's because they got some guys got drafted and they just feel that confident that they're going to be here. Hopefully, they need to, they need they need to change their mindset if that's the case. Well, if the bar for hype is fossil, then you better drink some. Yeah, you better drink <laughs> some. <laughs> I have here in my God. notes. I have in my notes. Fajoko should be welded to the hip. Of Bones Fossil. That's the only way. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's got to he's got to pick that up. But in defense of these quarterbacks, man, they were playing in a wind tunnel. And True that. Friday and Saturday was probably two of the windiest days yeah. uh here with the storms approaching, maybe. But I mean, I'm just trying no, to give him an excuse. Okay? Outside it was and I, I like we were up on a deck and it felt like Everest, you know, up top in terms of the wind, but I don't know if it was the same on the field, but you're right. And the other thing too is in terms of the talent disparity, I mean, you know, there's three drafted guys on offense that were out there out of 31, and and the rest were you talked about. We talked about all the defensive guys they drafted. That was the emphasis in the draft. And I think you saw that uh, when they did do the team stuff. You know, you saw, and usually at this time of year, and when you get into training camp, it's more of an a defensive uh, has an advantage early anyway. Sure. And quickly, uh, Josh Ball, six um, eight, big guy. Yeah. You know, had a good first day, second day in team, eh, not so much. Uh, but again, he was in situations where he was man man up yeah. on. And it's hard for Parsons. It's hard to get a beat on offensive defensive alignment with no pads. Exactly, it's just it's that's, just, that's it's just impossible. That's kind of one thing I was about to say. And two, yeah. I mean, you think about it with with. Ball and Farniak. I mean, these guys are going up against Golston, Odigizua. Yeah. Going against, uh, they're going up against other draft picks, yep. rep after rep after rep. Whereas the rotation isn't necessarily the same yeah. on the other side. You're going up against a drafted player, then an undrafted, undrafted, drafted player. It, it just kind of changes up back and forth. So I can see how it could be really tough. Yeah. Yep. To and even in training camp, it's hard to show exactly what an, an offensive line looks like. Last year, when we were talking about the offensive line, it was like, okay, they don't necessarily look great, but they're also not healthy. And then, of course, they never really ended up getting healthy, so it was hard to to kind of get that feel. But overall, thumbs up, thir- thumbs down of many. Mini camps oh, this year, oh, feeling pretty good. Yeah, for sure. We were in the building, Kyle. That's true. What are you talking you, about? It's all so thumbs. You said you were up on a on a. Mm. On a balcony, were you over uh, yeah. across the way? Yeah, where we That's the media is. The media was sitting. He was parched up. Was yeah, parched Kyle, up. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Heckman and I were in the porta potties. 
Basically. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> on top with some binoculars. Uh, <laughs> had a better view than I did. Good thing we had our SLRs on. Yeah. You know what I mean? mm. Did you have the sunglasses on that time? No, we were inside the porta potty. I didn't need them. Oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about bubble guts. That's exactly what that is. Oh. Uh, so, what's next, Rob? What's on the schedule coming up for the next couple of weeks? Because we've got a little bit of a break, right? Yeah, well, yeah, they're in phase two right now. So, mm-hmm. on the field stuff, but not, you know, Offense, defense, yet OTAs in a week, yeah, and Can't I wait. think I think they're on schedule for six of them. Wow, and you can have as many as ten, six, and then the mini camp. And I wonder if they're only doing six for now on schedule, just because they got to go to camp early. Mm-hmm. So you want them to guys to get off their feet and have a few weeks off before they do it. So we'll we'll see. But hey, we're going to see the vets here pretty soon. Any news on Oxnard and or Frisco? Jerry says it's on on track. For Oxnard? On course, that's what he said over that's the weekend. kind of what we all have to go by, isn't it? Not final yet, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. You know, Just listen to that guy talking about whichever one he want, want. It's going to be Jerry. Yeah, hopefully we do end up doing that. Man, we would have a lot of people to catch up to on at Oxnard if that's the case. So that should be a ton of fun. But that's it for us here on Talking Cowboys. Hope you learned something and enjoyed the last hour. It was a ton of fun for us here from Inside the Star. For Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Heck Harrison, Chris Beam, and the back. I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you next week on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!